Hello and welcome to the Controller Talk podcast presented by Danfoss North America. Our goal is to bring you information about using Danfoss controls in the supermarket and warehouse industry, specifically in the U.S. and Canada. We're doing these twice a month for now. You can catch these podcasts wherever you get your podcast, and it's also available through the Danfoss Ref Tools app. For the video version, check us out on the Danfoss North America YouTube page. Search for Controller Talk to see our video collection. I'm Dave Yoder, along with Chris Brown. So, Chris, you ready to talk about Maryland football? Turn that hat backwards for me. <laughs> uh, yes, what I'm alluding to is uh, not that long ago, Maryland and Penn State played. Saturday. Yeah, and for uh, Maryland, it was a home game, so that gave them an advantage. Yeah. Um, so we won't mention that they lost 51 to 15. <laughs> to make the problem that much worse. <laughs> My kid went to the game with some friends. Oh, a memory for him. He was uh, he was there to see it in person. Okay. Does he have a Penn State hat yet? No. Okay. But he, we'll fix that. He, yeah. He did get to play catch with a couple of the players on the sidelines. So uh, okay. Maybe okay. not as much spite as I had <laughs> two weeks ago. <laughs> okay. So. Yeah. We're, we're on the basketball season now for me, so. Okay. You guys have fun with the rest of football. Okay. We'll uh, we'll get to basketball later in the <laughs> podcast for sure. There we go. All right. So, uh, yeah, I think since the last time uh, we knew that uh, the Orioles went down early, but they went down to the eventual World Series champion. So there's some solace in that. That's and the Phillies almost made it there, but ran out of gas. Ravens are doing good. So there's some positives sure. in life right now. Yeah. In sports life. There you go. <laughs> Don't worry about University of Maryland Terrapins. There you go. Down the list. At least not in football anyway. <laughs> All right. So uh, how about we get into pack controllers again? Um, I'm calling this the 300 level course, but I've looked at uh, how many different layers there are to pack controllers until you kind of feel like you have your arms around them. And this could be 1100 course by the time we get done with this. But and this might be a good one to bookmark just if you're getting, if there's a job in a week that you know is going to have a mm -hmm. pack controller, this would be a good one maybe to refresh yourself on one. Yep. Yep. If we get into it. So, uh, yeah. I would agree with that. So um, I think uh, what we'll do this time around is we're going to talk about uh, sensor names, yep. abbreviations, valve names, valve abbreviations, that kind of stuff. And, um, because, yeah, you're right. If you just look at one at first glance and you have all of these different sensors you're looking at that um, you may not really know, okay, what am I looking at? Um, so you don't want to really want it to be the first time you've seen these and you have to figure it out on the fly. We're going to do that for you. Yeah, it's a pretty common question you guys will see as we get into this is it's all these different abbreviations. What the heck does this all mean? And guys kind of throw their hands up. So, yeah. The more familiar with it you can yep. get and the more it'll help. Right. So I'll go down the list of sensors. We'll talk about some valves, a little bit of heat reclaim, and then you can uh, chime in with some additional information or if anything I skipped over or missed. Yep. Um, so one thing to know is that um, we use a lot of abbreviations for things. And if you see that it starts with an S, like SAM, it's going to be a sensor, typically a temp temperature sensor. And if it starts with a P, that's for a pressure transducer. And if you see it starts with a V, that's for a valve. And that's going to be a um, typically a, a stepper valve. Yeah, some type of a percentage usually for an opening degree. Yep. Yeah. So um, some of these may not be completely intuitive. Other ones might be, but um, 
once you get used to seeing it, it's like anything else. Uh, you, you, uh, it kind of sticks with you. Yeah. So let's start with the outdoor temp sensor, the one that's used for gas cooler control. Uh, that is what we call SC3. Yep. We have our own theories on why it's SC3, <laughs> but it just is. It's the one you just can't explain unless you know a backstory. That's so, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to know a guy. Yeah. Uh, and then we have the, um, the suction temp on the rack, which is kind of uh, kind of basically your gas temp, is going to be abbreviated SS. Yeah. Um, so it's a sensor for suction. And then we have uh, SD is the sensor on the compressor discharge line. And there's going to be one for each um, suction manifold, you might say, right. or compressor group. Low temp, medium temp, parallel. Yep. Right. Could be low temp or intermediate or, uh, or medium temp. Yep. Yep. Um, so that's SD, and uh, we can we can take actions on that, right? Not just alarm if it gets high. So that'll show, there's going to be a setting in the pack controller, and if you exceed it on that sensor, it's going to shut the compressors down. Okay. So that is an actionable sensor, not just a monitoring yeah. point. For gotcha. Okay. Which is pretty different from regular HFCs. It is. Yeah. It is. And then the, the last one in the S group that we'll talk about for now anyway is the uh, gas cooler line, um, but it's the outlet from the gas cooler. That's SGC. And that's that one that we say that's so important, just how it's mounted, that it's insulated, that it's the right distance out of the gas cooler. It's very important to what happens yeah. on the high pressure side of the system. So that's always one we kind of highlight and, and just that point out how mm -hmm. important it is to the control of the system. Usually it's, is it within 12 inches of the outlet of the gas cooler? Yeah, I think uh, I'm trying to remember some of the slides I've seen. It may be three feet. Okay, a meter. Maybe a full meter. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. not something where... You've got the gas cooler up on the roof and mm -hmm. you've got this sensor down at the rack in a machine room. That's not what you want to see. Okay. So a meter would be about the max distance. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, just back to SC3 real quick. The first one on the outdoor sensor. We look at that as an ambient sensor, but we know we, we see a lot with adiabatic gas coolers out there. And so because that sensor is used for how you're ramping your gas cooler fans, you guys may see that display it as a, a ambient sensor and just keep in mind with the adiabatic gas coolers that it may actually be physically mounted behind the pads to pick up that wet bulb temp. So that, that's the sensor we used for some of our gas cooler fan control and it may be mounted in a different position based on dry gas cooler or, or adiabatic. And sometimes depending on the where it's mounted, you can get it to work. But if you want it to work as efficiently as possible, then that's when the location matters. Yep. I think the one other one I don't that, that's not up here and it's not going to be on every job. I think a lot of what Dave's going to speak to here are, are the givens, the ones you're going to see every single time. But one other one, there's a SHP. It's a high pressure sensor that can go. It's, it's similar to what the SGC is doing. It's, it's at the outlet of the gas cooler. Um, but if we have a bypass line on the gas cooler to completely bypass it, and this could be for heat reclaim purposes, we're seeing some things with Title 24 in California where you may have to have that line in place for different reasons. But if we have something where we're bypassing or allowing our gas cooler to be bypassed, then there's a second sensor that would go after that bypass called SHP. And that would serve a very similar purpose to SGC as far as being used for high pressure control on the valves. So it might be necessary even if it reads similar to the gas cooler outlet. Yeah, the idea is the gas cooler, SGC, because it's so close to the outlet of the gas cooler, it's not going to be after that bypass, whereas SHP would be after that bypass valve. Okay. 
There are some uh, sensors that will read uh, superheat, but those are all calculated, right? It's all calculated. And so SS, your suction temp sensor, um, that becomes pretty important. But yeah, there's a lot of uh, things that happen, whether it's a hot gas dump or maybe some liquid injection, things you want to do to control the superheat going back to your compressors. We're going to read a superheat, calculated superheat value and um, make a decision on that. And it, it can display just as a SH for your superheat value, but it is calculated, like you said, between your suction temp sensor and your transducer. Okay. And there are a few of these sensors that are going to be directly from a pressure transducer. Um, like if you see a PO, that is your suction pressure on any given suction manifold. Yep. So it could be low temp, medium temp, or in intermediate temp if you have the parallel compression. Um, and then you've got uh, PC as your condenser pressure. On the medium temp side, the important thing here. That's something we hear from guys from time to time is they may get an alarm for high low temp discharge or condensing pressure, which isn't truly condensing because on the boosters we're dumping into the medium temp suction. But high low temp discharge pressure is really based off your medium temp suction because of the design of the rack being a booster. So okay. that, that, that what we list as PC really is just the medium temp discharge or, or condensing pressure that goes up to the gas cooler. Okay. And then you've got your uh, PGC, which is your gas cooler pressure. Uh, that is before the gas cooler? That's going to be after the gas. That's okay. at the outlet of the gas cooler. This one, that's not as crucial on the actual location in terms mm -hmm. of the uh, like the SGC mm -hmm. being within a meter. This one, a lot of times we see it down at the rack and there's not enough of a pressure loss between the, the roof and, and where the rack is to for that to matter, basically. Okay. It's okay being down at the rack. Okay. Is that more for alarming or uh, functionality? or That one's uh, very much important for, for the control side. So when you look at your high-pressure valve, what we're doing there, I'm probably getting into what we want to do on a separate podcast at some point. But you, you look at your SGC sensor, and that kind of helps define what set point you want to look at for your high-pressure valve in terms of, of what pressure you want to shoot for. And then you're using PGC to try to achieve that pressure. Okay. So it's directly related to the control of the high pressure valve. Okay. And then you've got your, uh, what's affectionately known as PREC. Yep. Uh, P-R-E-C is the receiver pressure. Yeah. That, that one's for the gas bypass valve coming off the receiver. So nothing too cryptic or anything to read beyond that. That's just where we're trying to maintain a proper pressure in the receiver. And that pressure feeds into a set point that the valve's going to open and close based on. Yeah, and you're always uh, you're always having um, transition in the receiver from liquid to gas, and you're just trying to control that. Right. Yep. Yeah, and usually 500 pounds is a pretty typical setting, at least that people start with. Yeah, it's just some of these you're going to see multiples of, like like you said, the suction transducer, obviously one per group. Uh, back up at the sensors, when you look at discharge temperature sensors and suction temp sensors, the requirement of the pack controller is that we have one of those for each suction group. So if you've got a low temp and a medium temp on a standard booster design, you're going to have a separate discharge temp sensor or a separate suction transducer or a, su a separate suction temp sensor on all three. So some of these, it'll be multiple versions of each per suction group. Gotcha. So let's talk about some valves here. Uh, these are going to be uh, analog stepper valves uh, where we're controlling typically more more on the high side uh, as opposed to the the low side stuff but uh, the first one is VHP 
is the um, high pressure valve for the gas cooler. Then we've got uh, VREC or VREC is the valve for controlling that uh, receiver pressure. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, as it opens, gas is going back to the medium temp compressors typically. Unless we've got the parallel compression in play. But yeah, without that, that's exactly right. With parallel compression, you're just uh, allowing gas to be re- relieved over to the intermediate temp compressor or compressors. Correct. So yeah, you're, you're looking at opening degrees for all those things. And um, you may have some some unique things that a, a specific OEM's doing with the design of their rack. We have the general purpose section. Mm-hmm. So there are some P-AUX or S-AUX. We put the abbreviated term for auxiliary in with some of these these extra sensors and pressure transducers that you could have in the system that uh, that that they kind of want unique to their design versus a standard that we have in the pack controller. So if you see anything with auxiliary... In the name, that usually would refer to a special point that an OEM's asked us to include. It kind of gives us uh, some flexibility to add something else. Yep. All right. And then um, heat reclaim. There's a lot of talk right now about heat reclaim and how to harness some of this energy out of the CO2. And uh, we can set up heat reclaim for hot water or uh, air heat reclaim. In the pack controller, they call it tap water, I believe. TW. Yeah. Yeah. For get, some of it. Yep. Mm. Yeah, you either go to HR or a, a TW, HR for air reclaim, TW for water reclaim is the, the abbreviations. Yep. And I think the thing that's maybe uh, throws people off the most is, is just how many sensors they have to have on these reclaim circuits. The way the pack controller is designed, it, it does require or assume there's going to be multiple sensors for each reclaim circuit that it's monitoring. Looking, It's really looking for uh, high, high temperatures above boiling mm-hmm. to say we're too hot whether it's a glycol loop or direct, and we're going to shut the reclaim circuit down, whether that's a, a valve or whatever it might be. But you are going to see, uh, and there's some numbers that are used that are a little arbitrary, but, but you typically see three to four temp sensors on each heat reclaim circuit. There's a, a SHR2, if we just use air reclaim as the example, um, SHR2 would be your temp sensor Still on the CO2 discharge, but it will be after the, the heat exchanger on the reclaim side. So we're looking at that CO2 temperature. And then we have, assuming there's a glycol loop, there's a SHR3 and 4, which would just be your supply and return temperatures off of the glycol loop. Again, we can control off of those, but also look at monitoring to make sure the temperatures don't get too high on that glycol loop. And then if you wanted an additional sensor optional um, to control off of for your reclaim as far as modulating your valve, then there could also be an SHR8 that's used for the control side. So you're, you're talking three, four extra sensors on top of what you would have otherwise not had if it wasn't for the reclaim that we do have to account for. And again, HFC systems, it's usually not that many sensors, right? Right. right. So it's yeah. something that, that throws guys off a little bit saying, oh, I didn't realize I needed all these sensors in there that I didn't have before. And the algorithm won't work if you don't have them all. Exactly. I'll just yeah. leave the reclaim circuit shut down. Yeah. And you can have a valve. I think we have the ability to have a valve for heat reclaim. That's a three-way valve. Yep. Hooked up to the pack controller, right? Yep. Okay. And that can all be part of that control. That's right. Yeah. And then yeah. a lot of fancy things we can do with bypassing the gas cooler, like we talked about earlier, or even dialing back your, your fan speed without bypassing. You've got a lot of different flexibility that yeah. you can do with heat reclaim on these CO2 systems. And it's uh, similar to HFC. If, you, if you're removing heat somewhere, you're getting rid of it somewhere else. And uh, 
same thing with with uh, CO2. You you have the ability because of the nature of CO2 to remove a lot of heat from somewhere, so you can generate a lot of heat as well. Yeah, I mean, you it's, it, high pressures, high temperatures are looked at as a, a negative with the CO2 systems, their energy hogs, and, and, and the special things with the gas cooler valve and the receiver bypass valve that we have to look at. But at least if you just look at the heat reclaim in a vacuum, the state of the refrigerant going through those heat reclaim circuits, um, very high rate of heat transfer there. So the CO2 systems are very good for heat reclaim. And the majority of the racks we see going out there, customers are taking advantage of that and including heat reclaim circuits on their racks. Yeah. And uh, probably several of our listeners know that uh, a few months ago, we opened up a store in Denmark called a smart store. So yep. if you want to learn more about that, you just Google Danfoss smart store and um, it's an actual grocery store with CO2 on the racks and um, generating heat right off the racks. Yep. I think they've got uh, solar panels on the roof and um, probably as time goes by, there will be some uh, reports generated on uh, how we're doing as far as heat generation and all that good stuff. Yeah. Just as time goes along here, I think we'll see more case studies and white papers hitting in yeah. the streets yeah <laughs> it's just uh, these are relatively newer systems especially in our regions and collecting data is uh, i think some of what we're coming up on now as these become more and more prevalent and there are stores in the u.s where they're using a heat reclaim coming off of the co2 racks yep. uh, and basically using it for what it's worth and um, generating a decent amount of heat out of it yep the last one, just real quick, we uh, talked about this a little bit beforehand, but that you will see just sensor abbreviations back to that. There's also going to be a, a couple spots where you might see a, a capital T. Um, it's not a physical sensor. It's something that we're, we're taking a, another physical sensor that does exist and converting that into a saturated value. So you may see TO in there, pretty common when you're looking at your suction status. So when we're, we're looking at something with a, a T, it's usually a saturated value based off of some other pressure. And in that instance, it would be we're taking the suction pressure, converting that to a saturated temperature and displaying it in that fashion. Yep. So if you have a TO reading that's way off, the yep. first place you would look is your pressure reading to exactly. see if that's where it started. Exactly. Don't go looking for something labeled TO because you'll never find it. <laughs> right, right. On the okay, rack. gotcha. And on the YouTube version, if uh, that's where you're getting this podcast, uh, we'll post a diagram of a pretty typical system and where all these sensors are located and their abbreviations and the valves as well and um, the system components. That will help you kind of piece it together a bit. Chris, are you ready for a question? Not really, but let's do it. <laughs> Have I shared the question or the answer with you ahead of time? We know the answer to this yeah. by now because I'm going to get it wrong either way. So. Well, well, I don't know. <laughs> either I'm doing a great job of selling this or... <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I prefer to think that I'm just giving you very bizarre questions that someone may need to know at some point. Um, yeah. So um, since you don't know the question or the answer, I'll throw one at you. It has to do with pack controllers. So the pack controller gets its clock update from the system manager. Mm -hmm. It probably happens once a minute, something like that. There goes, I was hoping you were going to ask me how frequent. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Dream on, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so if you lose power, hmm. um, how long is that clock time going to stay in the pack controller? <laughs> we don't have a bleep button on you this know the, You know the answer to this one, huh? <laughs> it, it's I, in the manual. Oh, man. It's in the manual. <laughs> 
How long will it retain the time? Yeah. And uh, I'll take an answer that says it'll retain it for X number of hours or better or longer. Yeah. Yeah. I, it is in hours. At least I can tell you that part. That helps. Yeah. So now I've got a <laughs> one in a million shot here. Uh, <laughs> right. I will go with a random number of 24 hours. Well, you were in the ballpark at least. It's 12 hours. 12. Yeah. So um, you lose power. It, the clock will stay current for at least 12 hours, which is pretty good because yeah. how many power fails are longer than 12 hours, really? Yeah. Uh, so if you're on the generator circuit, no worries at all. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. So it'll it'll hold the clock time for uh, twelve hours. Not that that's super critical in that's the grand scheme. Trying to, we're not defrosting or anything from that device. So I, right, night, night setbacks aren't really in play. There's not a whole lot that would ho- mm-hmm. luckily right come into play with right. Yep. But in case anybody asks, well, what's the number is now you know. Now I know. <laughs> no, yep. no one's half the battle. <laughs> yeah. So let's move on to uh, another topic, which is listener mail. Um, so I did get, um, a request from, uh, our, our favorite European listener, uh, Václav to talk about college basketball. So that led me to look at a little bit, uh, what's going on over here. And, um, so it's just getting started really. Yeah. Uh, I noticed that Maryland is one and oh. They are. In college basketball. It wasn't the prettiest performance, but they are. <laughs> Could they play like the Pee Wee League or something? No, I can't remember. Oh, uh, it was. Yeah, they haven't played Baltimore County. It was yet. only a fifteen-point win, and okay. I think it was like a thirty-point spread sort of deal. Yeah, so. you know, it's a warm-up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Penn State played Delaware Valley. They won that one. So yeah. there you go. Um, but I noticed that neither team is in the top twenty-five. Yeah, well, we brought back a lot of fifth-year seniors or yep. fourth-year juniors last yep. year. So. I'm, I was expecting. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe yeah. they work their way up there. Yeah. If you start sorting through ESPN.com's website, they have all the top 25 teams listed there. Some colleges I've not even heard of, <laughs> which is pretty cool if you're that college, like the uh, St. Mary's Gales or something like that. All 40 students that attend along yeah. with the players. <laughs> they recruit heavily, apparently. There you yeah. Go. Yeah. So, yeah. Surprised you didn't go there on your basketball scholarship. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Well, Václav, we uh, we will keep up with college basketball, especially when Maryland plays Penn State. Yeah, it's probably in Maryland this year. I got to look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take your kid to that game. We got to do something to make up for what happened last weekend. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> was not it. pretty. It was not it. pretty at all. <laughs> all right. Well, if you'd like to drop us an email with a suggestion for topics to cover, or a question or comment, you can email us at ControllerTalkNorthAmerica at DanFoss.com. That's Controller Talk North America at danfoss.com. Thanks for listening. Our audio engineer is Mr. Steady Raul Garcia. Maria and the new guy, Josh, are behind the scenes making it happen here. Mostly Maria, let's be honest. Until next time, for Chris Brown, I'm Dave Uter. Stay cool.